Hello ladies and gentlemen and welcome to another episode of Abdurrahman Al-Khamis show where I interview people who lead an exciting life. Some of you know that I went to a sabbatical mid of Tuta to mid of Tuta 2019 and one of the places that we visited was Marrakesh in Morocco. My friend Anas Qudus recommended a traditional cooking workshop outside the city. So me and the family went there and it was one of the highlights of our trip to Marrakesh. And one of the people that I got to know in the workshop was Jennifer Lane, a host of the morning edition on NPR radio. She was playing uh, with our son and later in the day I got to know she is a professional radio host. Uh, we talked about podcasting, radio and so many stuff. And when we returned to our home uh, back in Riyadh, I asked uh, Jennifer to come on the show and talk about uh, the radio life. I wanted to know uh, what was it like uh, what is it like to wake up every day at uh, 3:30 a.m. and uh, boy I was so intimidated having a professional host in my show. So before I leave you with the interview, I recorded this interview on my wife's laptop and for some reason I couldn't use my podcasting microphone. Uh the voice quality is okay but not perfect. Enjoy the show. Yeah. All right. So I wanted to start with you um um, um asking how a typical day looks like. Uh especially with the morning show because I don't know like you it starts like 5 a.m., right? Yeah, we're on the radio at 5 in the morning. So I'm up around uh like 3:30 in the morning. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's dark. It's always dark except for some moment in the summertime where there's a week where it's a little bit tiny bit light but uh I get up and just you know kind of wake up I check my phone immediately which I feel like is such a bad habit but if I don't start in right away I'll be surprised by what's going on in the news so you know just checking my news feed literally at my bedside uh seeing if my workmates have left me some special messages about any new stories that i need to work on or follow up on um then you know just the normal routine getting out the door i do eat breakfast <laughs> i at would am yeah i make myself have something some eggs and toast and juice i make a coffee you know i get everything all together and then i bring snacks and lunch <laughs> because i'm on, i'm on the radio for a long time so um nobody else is really here i have an assistant when i come in and um there's a night guard <laughs> but i don't i don't have a big staff in the morning so so i really just uh hunker in the studio and get to work and have all my nourishment nearby and a lot of water and uh, i'm not a big coffee drinker <laughs> uh it makes me kind of crazy feel like very ener- too energetic and our show is rather focused and has a nice kind of easy vibe to it but um but yeah out of the house that a 12 get out of the house hop in my car it's about a 12 minute ride and i just live outside of philadelphia at that hour there's not much traffic uh find my parking spot hop in say hello to my assistant and just start she, looking at she she will be there when you get yeah it's a young gentleman he's there about a half hour before me Um so we we meet up and he can brief me on some of the news of the day. Uh we make sure we're on the same page with that. And we're really looking at uh just the local and regional news for Philadelphia which involves um several counties including Philadelphia the big city and then we're right next to two other states. So we have Pennsylvania news 
New Jersey and Delaware. Um, so we're looking at all those things and just conferring on what stories seem to be worth putting on the radio of interest of, to our listeners. Um, there's not always a big top story. It can be very sleepy sometimes. Um, or we can have some very big, big news coming out of this area. Okay, so the preparation starts right uh, before the show. It's not like the night uh, before. Well, uh, it depends. So I'm always checking my email and mm -hmm. my texts and things like that. So um, I, I guess I'm already in the know before I go to bed or even in the afternoon. I know what people have been following. Um, I'm often sending a text to my editor or news director saying, you know, what do you need me to do the next day? So I'm kind of following along this sort of bouncing ball of <laughs> events until it's my time to to get things uh, written about it um, and do my news presentation. So it really never ends. <laughs> excellent, excellent. And so you will go on around 5 a.m., right? Yeah, so overnight we have BBC News mm. out of uh, the UK. And uh, that is an overnight feed for us by satellite. And we have automation overnight. Even though we are a big radio station in a big market for media in the United States, we do have a system of automation overnight without an actual um, you know, news presenter in the evening. What um, that means? So automation would be that there is a, uh, you know, a computerized system and we have a programmer who can make sure that while we're on the air, certain programs will be coming out of our radio stations. So primarily overnight, it's BBC. So you don't need to have a human in the building to do that programming and have BBC um, listened to by our listeners. And then when I come in, the automation ends, it's on a timer. Mm. So at the stroke of 5 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, USA, then my studio becomes live. So I am in control of all the buttons, all the faders, my microphone. Um, and then if I say news feed, do, do you know what that means, news feed? No, if you can explain. Now, I yes. know what a news means, but, like if, you, but uh, if you can explain. Yeah, yeah. I guess if you think of, um, like, do you, do you have big grocery stores where you live? <laughs> yeah, it's a, we have the, like the chains. Uh, uh, yeah. yeah. So think of a big grocery store and the tractor trailer trucks have to get through and deliver, you know, your produce, your milk, your meats. So even with a radio station, we're like the little grocery store and then we get information from other sources. So we can choose to have the BBC be a news feed for us and we will air on our airwaves BBC overnight or we can choose to have um, national public radio from Washington DC come in at five o'clock in the morning and be our news feed so we switch from one source of news to another and I do all of that controlling in the morning um, so I can for primarily from 5 a.m till about 9 a.m. we have the news feed from National Public Radio out of Washington DC. And then my job is they'll give news, they'll give like two big stories for 20 minutes and then it's my turn to talk. And they call that a cutaway. So there's there's a time where they have maybe um, they've gone from a news story to a music 
pad for two minutes. And that's my time to, um, we, we, we are not a commercial station, but we have announcements that we have to air. So I'll air the announcements or I'll make my own announcements or I'll give a newscast. So that's my time to talk. And then we go back to the news feed from NPR from Washington, DC. Then there'll be another break where it comes to me. Um, and again, I'm pus pushing the buttons and making all that happen. So that goes throughout the whole morning. At one point we get a news feed from uh, another uh, media outlet and they give us a business report. So there's a little break in the morning for that uh, several times. So, so we're always just managing news feeds coming in, my breaks to deliver some of the local information. I see. And do you know what's going to come in, like from the, the news feed? Or, or, uh, and, uh, and based on that, you prepare your breaks? How does it work? Yeah, exactly. Just like that. So there are different uh, websites that I can go to and I can look for content. So mm -hmm. I know exactly there'll be a rundown of, you know, just a, a list of stories by the minute throughout a whole hour, and that will come from National Public Radio. So I know what they're going to do. Um, the same thing when we get to that business report. I'll have a little summary, and uh, I can see what the gist of their business report will be, what their top story is. And yeah, that helps inform me, because I also, I, do you know, you guys have DJs, right? Your radio yeah. DJ? Yeah. I say I'm a news DJ. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm always telling you, um, what's coming up next you know mm, a, a, yes. a regular music dj will say we're gonna have great music from blah 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 you know and so i'm doing the same thing coming up in 10 minutes we have a story about this from national public radio coming up in 30 minutes you get your business report their top story is xyz so i'm always looking ahead and then it helps with our uh, listeners so you're i'm like a docent or a curator so letting them know what to expect and what they're listening to trying to just help them out so it's kind of fun i like it <laughs> it is it is and sometimes i see in uh, like i went to into uh, the whyy uh, pay, your page and sometimes i see that you report on special stories or you go and make an interview uh how often do you do that like creating your own content uh, uh, rather than steering the at the radio station. Yeah, that's a great way to say steering the radio station. <laughs> um, well, I, I have flexibility. I, I think I did maybe two interviews last week. This week I'll probably get in one before the holiday. Um, you know, we have a lot of reporters too who have their assignments and their, do you use the word beat? A news beat? No. Well, what a is news that? A news beat, if you had your own news beat, you might be the podcast specialist and you, you would do reporting all about podcasts. So that's your beat. Mm -hmm. um, the beats that we have here would be uh, about environment, um, maybe about education, um, maybe about uh, poverty. Um, there could be a beat about ra racism or racial communication, things like that. So we have different reporters who do that. So, you know, and our little areas when I can talk during the hour are very limited. So, you know, I have to have room for those beat reporters to have their content, their material heard. And then mine is kind of peppered in every couple of days. So I'd say 
every week, maybe one or two interviews. And they take time, as you know. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, research, booking, um, getting your questions together. Sometimes a pre-interview, if you're sort of deciding whether you think someone is a good conversationalist or not. Um, and then the editing after you record. And you know how that goes. It, you know, for four minutes of information, it could take four to eight hours of all the background work that you need to do to prepare for that. So, yeah. And those would be the clips that is on your page in the WHYY network, right? Like the five minutes. Yeah, clip. yeah. So if you look up, yeah, WHYY Jennifer Lynn, you'll probably see different interviews that um, are stored away on the web for pretty much ever. <laughs> um, yeah, those are the kind of four-minute conversations. And I think when we present them on our website, it'll be, they'll have a transcription of the interview that I did, Correct. as well as a click on button where you can hear the, um, you know, the actual interview that I did. Yeah, correct. Excellent, excellent. So you, uh, um, after that, w w what time do you uh, get off of the, the, the station? Uh, the, the... Yeah, that's a really good question. <laughs> the day <laughs> just rolls into something else. So I'm on the radio, talking, running all the instruments, uh, you know, so to speak, the board, um, all the, what do you call it? Just all the equipment from before five o'clock till around 9.15. And then I get a little lunch break, walk around, get my coffee, see that the real world exists outside of my little studio. Um, and then I have a little meeting with my morning associate, assistant, and maybe the news director just to touch base. Uh, and then here goes that round of getting the interviews ready. So that might take mm. a couple hours to build an idea, um, get the research together and such. So I like to be sort of off the clock, as you say, maybe around noon or one. Um, so that's, but, but my point is, there's not a lot of time after I'm on the radio to get all that other work done. It's really only a window of about two full hours two to three full hours. So that's a real tight amount of time to be working with. Um, thus, you know, I don't have daily interviews um, it, with that small amount of time to work to, to prepare all that. But we do also, a uh, quick, quick thing, you know, if there is a breaking news item, something that is more urgent, um, and we have a reporter out, you know, doing some um, live reporting on something, I, I could have them on my program live. We can talk to them see what's going on with their story. Um, sometimes we have breaking news overnight. And same thing, I might be able to get a, a newsmaker, maybe it's the mayor, uh, maybe it's a state representative to, to be on my show live for a quick interview in the morning. So I do have that uh, at my disposal as well. And by that time, how is your energy since like you you woke up like 3 a.m.? I know. Yeah, it's, it is, it's really, I, I, I say I'm kind of like an infant <laughs> with this job because I'm always like, okay, I have to water myself and feed myself and stay rested or I'm not going to sound so good in the morning. Right. Yeah. Yeah. By, by 11, I have to start kind of up again, get a second wind. Um, little coffee break helps, but yeah, it's, it's, it's hard, hard to maintain focus, but I think in any professional job, whether, you know, I'm me, you're you, someone's a surgeon, you know, whatever people do, cooks, you know, we all have those moments of the day where we still have to press on the gas pedal. Um, and I think a lot of experience and 
muscle memory <laughs> kind of gets us through, you know. Okay. And sometimes I say, you know what, I'm useless today. It's, it's 1130, nothing's happening. Go home, take a break, maybe get back to it later on in the day, so. Yeah, yeah. And, and uh, on a, uh, usually, uh, what time do you go home? Like I said, sometimes maybe between um, 12 and 1 is ideal. Mm. Uh, last week, for some reason, I was here, here till 3 every day. Oh, my God. But, you know, well, well, life goes on around you, right? So we have meetings. Oh. We have staff meetings. Um, and everybody else is on more of a 9 to 5 schedule. So a 12 o'clock noon staff meeting is perfect, right? Two o'clock staff meeting is perfect. <laughs> <laughs> if, you like, if you woke up like six or seven, yeah. So it's perfect for everybody but me. Yeah. Um, so I have to weigh, like, you know, can I, can I go to that meeting for a half hour and just, you know, kind of tell everybody ahead of time, look, I'll, I'll drop in, I'll see what the gist of, you know, everything that's going on, you know, contribute a little bit, and then I think I have to gracefully <laughs> bail out. But last week we had... A staff meeting. Um, we are also our our organization is unionizing. Do you have any unionizing? No. What that means? Oh, I'll let you know. But uh, that's another meeting that we had to go to. Um, and I think one of my interviews couldn't. Uh, the, the person I was interviewing couldn't show up till one thirty one day. You know, so you know, long day into night. Um, but yeah, unionizing is fascinating. You don't have unions where people work. No, no, that doesn't exist. Yeah. That is fascinating. So in this country, and it goes back, you know, long ago, um, the way and reason that we even have a work week, which is traditionally, you know, Monday through Friday, or that we have an eight-hour workday. Now, everybody works probably more than that. But, you know, technically, <laughs> we're Monday through Friday, eight hours a day with benefits, perhaps. Um, with days off, paid perhaps. And so we go back to the roots and history of our country where people began unionizing to get those rights. And the union would be um, everybody who does a certain job in a company. Um, it probably started off with factory workers more often. You know, so they were probably not making any money. And it was like a sweatshop. They were never getting any time off. Well, they bonded together they organized and they said, well, we won't work at all. You know, we'll just skip out and our employers will be, you know, left without us until they start listening to our, our demands, our reasonable demands for fairness, equity, equality. So that's where unionizing began in our country, probably during the industrial revolution. So, you know, when we started having factories and and then it also had to do with age. How young could people be to work in those factories? Children? adults. So even today, we're still unionizing certain um, organizations. There is a trend. I work in public media. I mentioned before, we're not commercial. Um, so we are asking the public to give us money to fund what we do. Um, it's an old model from, I guess, the 70s. Um, maybe not that old. <laughs> But anyway, uh, there's a trend in public media to, uh, and a lot of younger people, some of our millennials are spearheading this. They're like, hey, you're getting us for kind of cheap to work for you, be your reporters, and we're doing the web reporting and the radio reporting and the TV reporting and taking our own pictures, doing everything. And like, hey, you know, show me the money. <laughs> Or 
so-and-so got hired last month for this amount. I got hired this month for this amount. There's a big difference. You know, they talk amongst themselves. So in our um, organization, we are unionizing now. We took a vote to work as a group and have some standards to some of the pay, um, some of the flex hours. I know you have conversations with people about flexible hours, working from home. So those are all different things that um, we are now going to be talking to our employer about. And there'll be a contract that's created uh, that's agreeable to both sides, the workers, the employer. Uh, It will take about maybe a year to year and a half to get that contract created. But it is a big change for the industry, right? It is a big change for the industry, yes, because, I mean, and I'll tell you, I've been in this industry for over 30 years, and my mind is saying, well, that's the way it's always been. I knew I would never make any money in this business. Oh, it's just journalists don't make money, you know, and I just live with that mantra, you know, that psychology, Mm. and here I'm like, you know what? I'm in a different position. I'm in, um, you know, a coveted morning news hosting job. So I'm compensated fairly well. You know, it's a pretty fair wage. But for the new people who are like, I'm, they feel disposable, you know? Like if I don't like this job, they're not going to help me out. They'll just get somebody else. So I, I feel their pain. And, and, you know, I think they do start off at a, a very low wage. Um, I, I, I think it's time for them to get some, some fair treatment. They do a lot. You know, our industry is changing. Mm. A lot of our newspapers are disappearing, and a lot of things are digital now. Mm. And, and many projects are dumped on you know, these young journalists. Um, they don't really get to take a breath. You know, you think I'm busy. <laughs> They're also very, you know, very busy, um, juggling a lot of things. So I think compensation is a big thing for them, and I hope that they do get it. Interesting. I'm excited to see like what happens. Yeah, we should have another chat in a year. Definitely. I'll book I'll book it in I'll book it in your calendar. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, really. No, it's gonna be it's a it's really um it's a a narrative. It takes shape. Every company will have its own conversations in the unionizing. Our company will probably have a different contract than another radio station. It's, It's all based on you know, the individuals involved in the negotiations. Okay, so you left the station, let's say, one o'clock. What happens after that? (laughs) I (laughs) self-destruct, spontaneously (laughs) combust. (laughs) Yeah, I do. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I, I, I drag myself to my car and I head back home and, uh, yeah, I start to kind of decompress as well as I can. It's it's my time now, but I'm I'm usually very tired. I try to take a nap, like okay, a, like, so you're a, taking like a... an infant, like an infant. <laughs> Get my nap. Um, yeah, I try to relax. I have dogs. I walk my dogs. Uh, when my kids were younger, I would, you know, maybe take that nap before they were finished school, okay. and then I could greet them when they came home, which was bonus. You know, a lot of people don't always get to see their kids in the afternoon. You know, yes. I don't know what time your schools are out, but ours, it was like 3.30 and you could kind of do something with the children. But now my kids are grown, so uh, napping and then I exercise. I might get uh, prepared dinner. Um, my husband and I, we live in different towns. 
Mm-hmm. We're, we're newlyweds. <laughs> and at our ages, it's a second marriage for each of us. Um, we have not yet brought our households together. So it's a, that's an interesting story. <laughs> it is. Yeah. So I, I have a lot of privacy now that my children are older. Mm. But um, it's doing what everybody else does at the end of the day, just a little earlier in the day. And, uh, and you go back to sleep at what time? I try to get to bed by eight, yeah, whether I'm oh. tired or not. And um, I, I need a good like seven hours to cut a function, six to seven. I, I can run on fumes for a while, but it's, it's so much better. It's easier, like the physicality of my job, talking all the time, it does require an, an amount of rest for, for me. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, I'm also on my own time, again, checking email, checking news feeds, just making sure I'm not going to get surprised the next day by a, you know, a breaking news story, um, mm. you know, okay. and touch it. Yeah. Yeah. So that happens. And since you started the morning show, uh, socially speaking, was it very di- difficult to keep up with like with the friends? Yeah. Um, family? Yeah. I don't know. Very good thinking um, in those lines. Absolutely. I mean, again, we're all, kind of consumed by our day job in many cases, right? And you come back, you might be tired, um, you don't feel like doing stuff with other people. But yeah, I, I really feel like it put a dent in my social exchanges with people. And here's the thing, people hear me in my community on the radio. It's a very popular show with a lot of my peers. Um, a lot of our audience, you know, very educated people, um, maybe like 35 plus in age, um, socioeconomic, they're doing pretty well usually. But anyway, a lot of my peers are in those groups and they listen. So they think I'm doing great. They don't need to call me. <laughs> they hear me every day. She sounds great. Um, so I often don't hear from people <laughs> because they think, They've got it all down. Jennifer's doing great. So when I reach out to them, they're like, I just heard you this morning. I'm like, I haven't heard from you. <laughs> Where have you been? So that's kind of funny. But yeah, I mean, I have to limit uh, things to the weekend and not too late because I'm usually still going to bed early on the weekends. So, but uh, how I met my husband, uh, I can't even figure it out. How to be working this schedule, you know, meet a new gentleman in my life, you know, have that period of wooing and doing things i can't even figure out how we did that (laughs) at the same time like waking up at this early hour with like everything is calm like uh, thinking out to you i invite you for like it's a it's a special time this three to six i would say it's a special time that i i would love to get up at that time like having a good sleep at the same time so a long time thinking about it for a long time, I think it's very clear. Uh, everyone is asleep, so you have it yourself. Uh, no traffic, so that's that's for me uh, uh, something. I think it's good. Yeah, yeah, it it is. I mean, it is unique. Um, I am at my most, you know, clear-headedness at that time. Um, I joke with my boss because I don't really connect with him till around 10 in the morning. Uh, and I'm like, you never see me at my best. <laughs> like, <laughs> I actually can formulate a thought 
<laughs> at four o'clock in the morning, maybe not by noon, but no. So yeah, yeah, no, it is a, it is a special time. And you know what? It makes me think of people who get up for prayer or mm. authors. Many authors get up very early yes. and it's a time where no one's going to interrupt them. Yeah. Um, and people on different time zones, you know, maybe you're doing business with someone uh, in New Zealand and you live in the U.S. You've got different ti- you know, time zones. And so there's many of us out there, more than you think. In fact, when people learn about what I do, I hear many people, well, many is not the right number, but, you know, some number of people will say, I get up at five. I get up at 4.30. I'm like, really? I had no idea. I thought I was all alone. You know? <laughs> yeah. But they come out of the woodwork. They start to confess. Interesting. So do you think, like, let's assume today, like, you got a chance to do a night show, which is, like, starts, uh, I don't know, like, 11 p.m. <laughs> Overnight? Yeah, yeah, overnight, for example. And it's like, it's a good opportunity. It's a content that you like, okay? Are, so, you, are you hiring? Are you no, suggesting? No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm like I'm putting the question out there. Like, do you, think, do you think like after like trying the morning shows for a couple of years, can you do the, assuming it's a good opportunity, yeah. like everything that you would wish, but again, it will come at your... Uh, uh, I don't know, at your uh, uh, schedule. I, that, yeah, I don't know. I have never done an overnight shift. Uh, I guess the closest thing to it would be having, you know, my children be babies, <laughs> keeping me up all night. And that never felt very good. Uh, well, it's, yeah. Um, that feels like kind of a black hole to me, like something I have never really explored um, in my imagination, um, I've never really done it. I don't know. I don't know if that would suit me. I think, you know, you probably talk to people about their biorhythms, mm. you know, like how just the physical parts of their body can function. Uh, I think that would be more rigorous, definitely more difficult to get in a rhythm with the people around you. I don't know. Have you ever done that shift? No, I, I... So for me, like every time I see a doctor or someone who like do like month and month, sometimes like yeah. day, time and night, I don't know how they do it because the way for me, I cannot like adjust my sleep like, uh, like this. Uh, once I fix it, that's it. Where, therefore, like it puts a lot of challenges in my social uh, activity, if I'd say, like so, right now with the kids, I, I do have to get uh, go early to the bed because I need to have like at least seven eight hours. Uh, here, people around me at least like uh, like to stay until eleven twelve, which is very tiring. So I don't know, like I I can I cannot do something like this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's interesting. I I think um, I mean in the schedule that I have there are those challenging moments. It's usually like four o'clock is a very difficult hour for me. Um, and that's when usually people need you, right? Like four o'clock, five o'clock, whether it's, you know, young people in your life or um, somebody wants to do something after work, you know, and you're like, oh, should I do it or not? Um, yeah. Uh, every, I, I think every shift that people uh, consider you really have to, I think, first and foremost, you have to make sure you're going to be healthy. Yes, that's, yeah, uh, that's I, the thing. 
like with the morning schedule, I guess that's, that's, that's on the good side, but with the night, not getting a night to sleep, like, yeah. uh, that's the first, first thing that you would think about. Yeah. I mean, my memory is affected by this shift. I don't know if there are any studies on that or anything like that, but I, I literally can have a conversation on a Friday night um, after a nap, catching up with my husband or friends, and the next day, I'm asking them the same things I asked them the night before. And they'll say, you, asked, you already asked that last night. I'm so exhausted. It must be a short-term memory thing. Now, the rest of the weekend, I'm fine. But something about Friday night. So I tell everybody, I'm like, I might actually ask you this again. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Like, I, Friday night, I'm just functioning on fumes. Um, I also tell people, don't have me make a decision on a Friday. I, it just, I'm so, like, ungrounded. With the, is that a word that you're familiar with? You know, when you feel grounded, you feel strong, decisive, in control. Mm -hmm. And Fridays, I do not have that in my... Although, <laughs> although you sleep, like, like, eight, like, so you need to sleep earlier? Like, it seems like you get enough sleep. Right? Yeah, I am. But it, I think what else is layered on the early morning is the stress of this job is very fatiguing. I see. You know, to be speaking well, clearly, sometimes flawlessly, to be thinking second to second with the timing of everything that I do in the morning is all timing. This, I talk for 30 seconds, I talk for 40 seconds, I talk for five seconds. You know, all of that, I don't give myself enough credit. It takes a lot of energy, you know, physically, mentally. So I think when Friday comes, the other layer is the stress and getting everything right. Mm. You know, you have to be authoritative. You have to be accurate. Our listeners will smack me around on Twitter if I mess up, you know, they will, they, they will email me, they will call me, you know, oh, whatever it takes, okay. you know, there's a lot of stress to be accurate, um, personable. So by Friday, I think I'm just doubly done. <laughs> I'm cooked. <laughs> I see. I see. Yeah, yeah. So when, when you are in the, in the, in the studio during the, during the morning show, it is like, you're 100% focused or can you like do, I don't know, like check emails while uh, PPC is playing on? How does it do? Yeah, um, there are certain times in the hour where I might have a minute or two to, uh, you know, respond or say good morning to somebody, you know, in my family, send them a quick uh, bitmoji or, you know, like a little tweet or text or, you know, something. But it's not very much. And mm. in fact, I was training someone who there are several people who can fill in for me when I'm absent and I was training a new person the other day and he didn't articulate it but when I looked at him at the end and I said well what do you think <laughs> he couldn't believe how much I, I do mm. and you know he had gone out for coffee three times during my shift you know he's like I'll be right back you know um, he had gone to you know, call his family, good morning, you know, once. He went to the bathroom a couple times. You're like, I don't really have that built in to the hour. Like I, if I do, I've got two, I got three minutes. I got to run and do it for, you know, it's very short. So no, I'm not doing my nails. <laughs> um, you know, 
it's a tight, tight morning. Yeah, yeah. So when we do these negotiations with the union, <laughs> I, I want to, you know, check in and see what other uh, news hosts like myself do at other stations. What, what extra help do they have? Um, do they get more breaks more formally? Could somebody sit in? while they take a little break for, you know, so it's part of a conversation I think I will have because I, I do, I do a lot right now. And uh, no, no, I really, that's, you know, I'm literally eating. <laughs> it sounds like such a sweatshop, doesn't it? Like, you know, having a snack. Oh, got to be on the air in two minutes. Mm. You know, chug down some water, get back to work. You know, it's, it's, so yeah, it's, very it's always on mode, which consumes you. It does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. I mean, luckily I have kind of a sort of just came out that way in the world. I have a lot of energy and the temperament for this. It's not for everybody. It is. Um, it is. Yeah. Mm. Excellent. So now you're experiencing, uh, I, I see in radio and audio content. Uh, do, you, do you like doing other form of uh, like content, like writing? Uh, I don't know. Or do you see yourself doing uh, like video, like going, uh, shifting away from audio? Um, yeah, I, I think I could. I have at times um, done some, we have some television projects that are based here. Um, I, I enjoy that, but I think, um, you know, for me, I was always the woman who you would get to do the public speaking. Um, to do a recording, and it really is—it's a, a vocal thing, and um, and then I guess you know, just like when you're young, and people notice you for uh, whatever your ability, your strength is, you start to, um, you know, connect with that. So I, I, I really the radio, the world of radio to me just makes the most sense. I feel like I can contribute to it vocally. There is a lot of writing involved. I do love writing. And I love a very concise writing, almost like a poetic kind of question and writing. Those are things that are very attractive to me. Um, but yeah, I mean, you talked about opportunity before. You know, if the right opportunity comes up, I would entertain that. Um, I think that right now I do feel connected to my audience. You were asking before we did this conversation, um, things you might ask me for this conversation, you said, what if no one's listening? <laughs> yeah. Well, we, we have metrics so we can figure out people are listening. I see. Um, if no one were listening, it would be sad. <laughs> it would be sad, you know, um, it, because they are listening and we have ways for people to respond, you know, social media it can be instantaneous they can respond to something i'm saying on the radio i can ask people hey go on twitter and tell me what you think about this or that and they will um it creates this beautiful circle and it is energizing so um with no people there's no energy with people there's energy and more more now because radio can be backed up with these other ways to know if someone's out there listening you know, with the social media or email or whatever. I mean, back in the olden days when I did this, I don't know, I didn't know who was listening unless my uh, administrative team gave me uh, ratings. It's like, uh, do you have ratings? Do you know what ratings is? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So uh, without that information, I would have no clue unless I 
went to the grocery store and someone happened to listen to my program, you know, and they say, hey, I heard you. But now it's so immediate in understanding who's listening. It's very satisfying. Um, but uh, yeah, video, maybe, TV, maybe. Uh, I'm also getting toward maybe the end of my career in some ways. Maybe, maybe I'll be doing this when I'm 100. <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> Um, yeah. Interesting. Uh, um, uh, you mentioned something interesting, or, or like uh, connecting to your strength, and you were always vocal, like uh, uh, one of the, your strengths. So, did you get into radio like by uh, I don't know, like opportunity, or like is it something that when you graduated from uh, from Boston University, something that you wanted to 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 specialize in? How, how do you how how you got in radio the first time? Yeah. Um, I well, I think I found a cassette tape from when I was fifteen. Mm-hmm. Um, I had cassette recording uh, equipment when I was really little. I I don't know why my father had it, but um, you know, I think I was third grade, you know, maybe so that seven or eight years old. And I would borrow his cassette player. And I think he used it for, uh, he was a businessman. So maybe he would either practice presentations or something like that. But not everybody had a cassette recorder. And so I would do, um, I would read things. I was just still learning to read. I would read them out loud. I would do like um, radio play like kind of a drama with a friend, we'd record that. So that was always something that seemed like fun and I, I enjoyed. By 15 though, I have a cassette of me reading the local newspaper headlines and seeing how I sounded. So I must've been you know, watching TV, listening to the radio, wondering how do those people get to do that? It sounds interesting, it sounds important when they're delivering the news. I think I have a curiosity about that. So when I went to school, I went for journalism, broadcast journalism in particular. And I knew, yeah, I knew I wanted to do that. Um, my question was, would it be radio or TV? And I got into radio first and kind of stuck with it. So, yeah. Interesting. Interesting. Oh, and my, my mother listened to a lot of talk radio. Do you have talk radio? What is that? Oh, this is this, this drives me crazy. I hope you have it. If you don't have no, it, I, I, maybe we have it. But uh, like, what, what yeah, is it? Because I, I'm well, not big in radio, so I don't know if you. Uh, I'm not big in radio. Uh, yeah. um, I'm big on podcast, but radio. Yeah. I'm not uh, such a fan here. Yeah. Well, I have some new friends who live in Sweden, for instance, mm. and I was talking about talk radio, and they said, "What is that?" I'm like. You don't have this. So, you know, radio frequencies, right? And, you know, what you're doing right now, like you have a talk show right now by podcast. Yes. So do you have radio shows where someone can call in and talk to the host about issues, about policy, about culture, um, you know, personal things, whatever, you know, that's talk radio. Is it, the, a, the one, uh, is it the one that is started by individuals? Well, how did talk radio begin? I guess it began with um, our early radio had to do with, you know, World War II. Mm-hmm. So we would have newscasters um, be on radio shows talking about, you know, the war and, and doing that kind of coverage. Now, the talk radio part is usually like the analysis. Mm-hmm. You would have a host who is really saying, uh, and oftentimes they have um, 
kind of a moral position. You know, they might be conservative. They might be progressive. Um, they don't have to be. Um, it could just be a civic dialogue, you know, a very civilized conversation. But talk radio is, you know, a, an amount of time. It could be an hour. It could be two hours of conversation on the radio about something. So, but my mother used to listen to talk radio when I was a kid. And it just sounded like, blah, 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 blah. You know? <laughs> it didn't make sense to me. But it sounded important. And I think that was one of the first things that kind of drew me into uh, figuring out what that was. So, yeah. I see. But they don't have it in Sweden, apparently. <laughs> now, I guess, I guess it's, is it like the talk radio, is it like always talk? Or it's like talk with the, uh, like with the news in between? Uh, well, it can be a combination. Um, I think, well, we are talk radio and information. We have some entertainment shows, but it'll be an hour of talk, Top of the hour will be a newscast during the daytime. My show is a little different because they call it like a news magazine where you'll hear a lot of different stories and then the news at the top of the hour. Um, but years ago, before we had a budget for the news that we do now, um, during the day we had a lot of classical music. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So between talk shows, we'd have classical music. But it's because we couldn't afford to do the talk shows that we can now we, we have evolved to just talk um we have talk radio sports they would talk about sports do you have that yeah yeah sport yeah. i guess it's big everywhere like yeah <laughs> yeah yeah so yeah. you you have talk radio yeah so, yeah so if you were to start a podcast today what subject or what like uh, what is like the podcast going to be about I, the, a podcast, you said? Yeah. Podcast? Yeah. I have a leaning toward, I was, I was sort of saying earlier, things that are kind of poetic, maybe artistic. I like conversations, um, you know, in, in our culture, there's a lot of thing, a lot of conversations now about mindfulness, mm -hmm. um, you know, sort of caring for oneself or expressing ourselves in kind of a true way in the moment, in the flow. I love those kinds of conversations. So I sort of see something like that, um, maybe with, you know, with guests or call-ins, uh, where I could do a lot of listening to, to people. I like that. I, I'm not trained as a psychologist or anything like that, but um, I don't think you need that to just have that conversation. Uh, there's also a couple women here. Uh, we do a weekly entertainment chat conversation. It's about five minutes long. And then afterwards, so there's the producer and there's a, uh, another announcer and myself. When the microphones are off, we sit for about a half hour and just shoot the shit, pardon me. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and it's so fun. And it's three different women. There's an you know, older woman. She's from Venezuela originally. There's me. And then the other woman is an African-American woman about my age. Very different views different experiences and we talk about everything and anything and it's so free and so fun i i would love to do a podcast of us you um, should i don't yeah yeah well we, we talked about trying it yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> i think it would be fun i think it would be fun interesting uh, uh, i could go on and on but uh, i just heard about your schedule and i don't want to and i should i, I should also um um uh, make a confession here. I, I felt very intimidated to 
uh, have a chat with uh, uh, a professional radio host. So oh, <laughs> you're great, man. You're fantastic. You do a great. I would like to hear um, some of your podcasts. I meant to ask you, how can I access them? Definitely, I'll send you. Uh, this one is in English, and the other one in Arabic. But I'll I'll I'll, I'll send you a couple of uh, links. Uh, send me the Arabic ones too, because it's not so much, um, you know, the words. Sometimes it's how it's the feeling and the energy. I yeah. would just like to hear how that rhythm goes. Definitely, definitely, definitely. Uh, I think this is a good place to start to wrap up, and this has been very fun to me. Um, so thank you again for taking the time and highly. Uh, recommend people check out uh, WHYY Morning Edition. Uh, they can wave hello to you at Good Morning Jen on Twitter, and they will include links to everything we discussed in the show notes. Um, do you have any last words, parting comments, uh, recommendation for people? Anything you would like to say before we wrap up? Well, uh, radio is not dying. I think that it is always changing. Um, we do have competition with podcasts. But I think we can coexist. Um, also, I, I did meet your family oh, on yeah. vacation, and you have a wonderful family. I yeah. particularly enjoyed your son, who was about like kindergarten age. Yeah. And it reminds me, I think in my afterlife, I will be a kindergarten teacher, <laughs> early education <laughs> teacher. I love young people. Um, their world is just such a funny, funny world, you know, full of surprises. Indeed, indeed. <clears throat> Thank you so much, Jennifer. Yeah, take care. Good luck. You too. Bye. Bye-bye. I hope you had a good time listening to the show. If you have any comments or feedback, feel free to hit me up on Twitter at A-K-H-M-E-E-S. Have a good day.
I hope you had a good time listening to the show. If you have any comments or feedback, feel free to hit me up on Twitter at AKHMEES. Have a good day.